Well, today as we launch this series called Stronger, uh, this is a two-year journey that we've been on as a church. And it's a giving journey, but it's so much more. And as we're wrapping up that two-year journey, um, I wanted to remind us <clears throat> that it is a giving journey, but it's so much more. And as our church kind of bows its back again, as we do like every single year, and gives significantly, um, I wanted to remind us, I want to kind of go back in time, and I wanted to read the scripture that set us up for this journey, that landed us in this building. Two years ago, we were looking forward to a building. We were looking forward to moving in stronger, not just strong. Well, we're here, and I want to remind us of the faith and of the word that God gave us two years ago while we were looking in faith forward. And then I want to tell you a story. And again, it's one of those stories. As I was preparing, I kept being pulled back to this story I told two years ago. And I want to tell you this story because I think it sums up the journey that we've been on. So let's read together Psalm chapter 84. <clears throat> psalm chapter 84, verse 5. This is a psalm, and a psalm is a song. Okay? So if you turn in the middle of your Bible, if you have a physical Bible, and you turn right in the middle of it, you open it up, you're in the Psalms, and they are songs. And this is a song that the pilgrims would sing when they were headed to the place of worship. Uh, whether that was the tabernacle before they built the building or the temple later, this was a song that they would sing when they were on that arduous journey. And so read it understanding that as they walked, they would sing. Blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways to Zion. That's where they were headed. They were on a road, they were on a path to worship. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Turn to your neighbor and say strength to strength. Strength to strength. Some of y'all didn't do it. You're just rebellious, aren't you? Just, I'm not doing that. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. So in the middle of the song, this is an interlude of music. And they kick back into the words. Behold our shield, O God. Look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I have a friend named Charlie Hall, and he wrote a song back in the day, Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I think we need to bring Charlie here to sing that song someday. That'd be fun. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let's pray together. Father, we believe that you have a word for us. We pray that it would make us stronger. Some of us have stopped short of our great God-given potential. I pray today the lids would just pop right off. I pray, God, against anything limiting, limiting our great potential. I pray, God, for a marriage that's gonna grow today for the first time in ages. I pray for somebody who's gonna have a new vision for their career. I pray, God, for somebody that is going to 
have a new energy and a new strength for parenting in a tough season. And I pray, God, for some friendship groups that have grown difficult. God, I pray there'd be a renewed attempt at healing. Father, I pray that over this church, and I pray, God, in this season of wrapping up a two-year giving journey, God, I pray that we would be stunned at what is going to happen in this church financially as we, as we finish strong, even stronger. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we all say it together? Amen. Amen. So I read the verse. Now let me tell you the story. It was 1980, okay? 1980, it was the Olympics. And it was our hockey team, USA, versus, anybody know? The, you're already there, the Russians, that's right. It was America versus the USSR. It was USA versus Russia. This was a big deal. Now, some of you, you don't, you're too young to really understand completely how big a deal this was. Because we were in a little thing that we called at the time the Cold War, okay? The Cold War. Now, I, I remember the Cold War. I was young enough to remember the Cold War. My memory of the Cold War was living in Beaumont, Texas. We lived in Beaumont, Texas for about five years, five and a half years. And when we were in Beaumont, Texas, I, I remember I was in fifth or sixth grade and they would have these drills that if a particular siren went off, they would coach us to get under our desks, which, think about it, I mean, really? I mean, if I, first of all, is Beaumont on like Russia's hit list? I don't know. I mean, are we the point of impact or... And if so, what does me getting under my desk protect me from a nuclear fallout? I, I don't know about that either. But what I do know is it was the Cold War, and we knew it. Songs were sung about it. Anybody remember Rocky IV? Come on, Drago. Yes, now you're with me. Now you're with me. Well, this was America versus the Russians in hockey. And we stood no chance. At that time, any of our Olympic athletes they were amateurs, that was the rule. They could not be professionally paid for their services. So it was our college best, which means these are college kids. I mean, they hadn't even gotten their man body yet, you know? I mean, these college kids, and they were going up against the mighty Russians, the hardened Russians. These Russian hockey players, they, they ate, drank, breathed, trained. Everything was hockey for them. I mean, they were hardened, they were men's men, they were toothless, ugly. So here it was, college America team versus team Shrek over here, and we stood no chance. There's nobody gave us a chance, but here we are, and we went up against them, and it was the third period. For those of you that don't know anything about hockey, they have third, three periods, and it was the third period, and we were down let me see, I wrote it down. We were down three to two. We were down three to two and something happened, something clicked, something shifted inside of the team and they began to crawl back into contention. They began to fight. They began to score 
And when the final horn went off, when the game was over, America had pulled off the craziest upset of all time. They called it the miracle on ice. Al Michaels, the commentator said, do you believe in miracles? We beat them four to three. Come on, go USA, right? Go USA. And wow, that was huge. Now, as I was studying for this, two years ago and I first told this story, I thought that was for the gold. That wasn't the gold. But that's the game that we always hear about. Did you know that that American team had to then, after beating the mighty Russians, they had to get up and play for the gold against Finland. So having conquered Finland, seriously, Finland, after conquering Team Shrek Russians over here, toothless ogres, they now are going up against Finland, which in my mind is kind of like Team Zoolander. You know, let's go. I don't know, it's just me. It's just me, Finland, I don't know. Maybe there's a Finland group in our church. You're super offended right now or online. <clears throat> but they had to go up against Finland again. It was third period, and they found themselves down. They were down this time two to one. Down two to one, they went into their locker room, their historic you know, Hall of Fame coach, got them in the locker room, and this motivational speaker, I mean, this guy after this, I mean, he turned into Mr. Motivational Speaker, and you're thinking, man, what's he gonna say? And what we were told that he said as he got in that locker room, he says, guys, let me tell you this. If you lose this game, you will take it to your, and he threw in a cuss word, grave. You will take this to your bleep grave. Which I'm thinking, Mr. Motivational. I'm not motivated. I'm waiting for the guy in the corner to say, you can do it, you know? <laughs> I mean, you beat the Russians, you can, no. You're gonna take this to your grave, but it worked. They clawed back, they scraped back, and when you know it, they, when the horn went off, Team USA had not only beaten the Russians, they had beaten Team Zoolander, and they had actually beat the Fens, and here we are, gold. So let's give it up one more time for Team USA. Yeah. So what do we learn? What do we learn from this? There's a lot to learn from the miracle on ice, but I think there's something for us to learn that we read about in Psalm chapter 84. And that is that Team USA refused to stop short of their potential, though they could have stopped short. They could have laid an egg. It's natural for teams after they beat their nemesis to then be emotionally drained and not have quite the energy, but they didn't do that. They showed up. They won. And I just would like to ask, why settle for bronze when you could win the gold? That's the journey that we've been on as a church. That's the journey that we invite you into in every square inch of your life. There is more. Maybe a big prayer for us today, just as we're kicking this thing off. God, increase my capacity for more. 
God, don't let me settle for bronze. Don't even let me settle for silver. If you know I'm supposed to be standing on top of the podium with the, with the gold medal around my neck, the gold medal of parenting, the gold medal of marriage, if I'm supposed to be at gold, don't allow me to stop at bronze in my career. And I'm telling you right now, I'm convinced that there are lids just popping right off, popping right off of your soul because you're gonna open yourself up, even in your career, that the thing that has been holding you back is your own success. I mean, it's one thing to, to be held back and you kind of victim mentality, and you think of, oh, well, if I just would've had that opportunity that they have, or, oh, well, if I had this, or if I was done with that, or if I was born with this, or if I was born with that, that's a whole nother conversation. I wanna talk to somebody that you've had a little success. I wanna to talk to somebody that somebody, you, you've, you've done some good things and you look back on those stories and, and you circle them. You're like, yeah, man, I remember that. I remember, man, we won state in high school. I remember we won state, but I wonder if Eric Dickerson, when he gets together with people, if he talks about winning the state Texas championship in football or does he talk about Super Bowls? Dickerson didn't stop at high school. Does anybody know he went to SMU? Does anybody know he went to the Rams and he won a Super Bowl? Being the athlete that wins a Super Bowl, how much time do you talk about winning state? Now when state is on your board, you go conquer that. But once you've won it, what if God has more for you? What if he wants you to win the NCAA championship? What if he wants you to win a Super Bowl? What if he wants you to G-O-A-T it and win six Super Bowls? There's something inside of the DNA of an athlete like a Tom Brady, a Bill Belichick, that would say, I'm not done with three. I'm not done with three. Why stop at three when you could have six? And it pains me to say this about them, because I know if, if Jimmy would have stayed, if he would have stayed. <laughs> Anybody with me on that? If you're not from Texas, you don't get it, but I'm telling you, we've just got a tear in our eye right now. I've had it since 1995, anyway. What we're talking about is stronger. We're talking about more. We're talking about lifting those lids. We're not talking about you achieving a level of success that you circled for yourself. We're not talking about having a marriage that's better than your parents. It's not enough for you to have a marriage that's better than your parents. It's not enough for you to just do better. It's not just enough that your parenting is better than the disaster next door. How about God has a potential for your life? Don't stop until you had hit God's rare air for your life. And when you hit God's rare air for your life in whatever area of it is, you thank God for it. You live with the gratitude and you thank God for that. But we're talking about a journey here right now that says, I refuse, I refuse to stop short of my great God-given potential. I'm talking about stronger, strength to strength. Let's unlock the passage here, to unlock the passage it is a picture of the pilgrims going to the place of worship. And it says, though I walk through the valley of Baca. What is Baca? Baca is one of those words that quite literally is a tree. It's a valley of trees? No. This particular tree, its sap oozes out of its um, bark, thank you. It oozes out of its bark. <clears throat> this is a team sport. It oozes out of its bark, and they call it the Valley of Baca because that picture, Baca, is of tears. 
So it's more accurate to call it the Valley of Tears. We have something like that in America, we call it Death Valley. This is a place where things don't grow. And can you imagine these pilgrims, they're walking toward their destination and they hit an obstacle where this is a hard leg on the journey. Anybody had some hard legs on the journey of your life? You might call it Death Valley, you might call it a desert place. I'm just curious, would you raise your hand? Has anybody had some hard places? Come on, we're all together here. My hand is up. Though I walk through the valley of Baca, God doesn't promise you won't have challenges. God doesn't promise you won't have obstacles. God doesn't promise that on the journey towards stronger, it's easy. Though I walk through the valley of Baca, what do you say? You make it a place of springs. So God provides what you need when it is not there for you to get it. The picture, uh, the picture some commentators have pictured is that they even dug wells and they couldn't dig deep enough to get to the water. And Charles Spurgeon, who's one of my heroes who preached in the 1800s, he said, we dig the wells, but God provides the rain that fills the wells. And there's this, that's a whole nother sermon, but there's this point where God is the one who provides the water and we participate with his provision. I create the space God of obedience. I create the space God and God, I'm gonna count on you to fill up my life with more. Are you even providing God space to shower you with blessings? Are you opening up for God to shower you with blessings? Let's kick this thing off. You see this, this pilgrim on the journey, him and his family, maybe a whole caravan. They hit Baca. God provides the rain. They have their eyes on Zion. You've hit an obstacle. You've hit a desert place. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't allow your obstacles to deter you. Don't allow your success to slow you down. Success will slow you down because things get comfortable. What I'm really talking about, before we get to the journey that we're on as a church, I wanna talk about the stronger mindset. This stronger mindset would change your life if you'd let it. This stronger mindset would change your life. And here's what I know. If your life is changed to the glory of God, your family will be changed to the glory of God. Your friendships will be changed for the glory of God. And when families and friends are changed to the glory of God, guess what happens to this church? The church is changed to the glory of God. I'm convinced that even if this service, 11 o'clock, if, if nine o'clock just went full on rebellious and said, I'm not listening, if just 11 o'clock, just you, let me hear it from my 11 o'clock. Are y'all a little rowdy today? Come on. If just the 11 o'clock, if just the 11 o'clock, if just you were to say, I give God the capacity for more, I'm gonna dig a well and I'm gonna trust God to fill it up, I'm convinced your work will never be the same. Your kids will never be the same. I'm talking about a stronger mindset. Some of the antithesis to a stronger mindset are words like easy. Easy. Raise your hand if you're in construction, any kind of construction whatsoever, you, you know construction. Some of you know construction. Here's what you know about construction. For those with your hands up, you know that when you're constructing and you're doing infrastructure, you gotta think about how the water flows on that property. Because water can, it can be a disaster. You could flood a home if you don't think about this. That water, here's the truth about water, water will find the easiest path it possibly can 
and it'll ride it all day long. How do you think we got the Grand Canyon? There's power in water. And when you allow easy, just your emotions are drifting to what's easy, your parenting is drifting towards easy, at work you just do the what's the easy stuff, if you're always drifting toward easy, your house will one day be flooded. The Bible says, a little sleeping of the head, a little nodding of the head, a little folding of the arms, and, and poverty comes on you like a bandit. There's a truth there about seeking the easy life. I wonder how many of us would exercise and would work out, and it ain't easy. Now, I mean, I know there's like a very small percentage of the people in this room where like, you're like, no, man, I get up, I love it, I look forward to it, Man, my body just responds, and it's the thing I look forward to my whole day, and I love it, and it's just such a great feeling. I walk away just with the buzz. Well, God bless you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I may be in the minority, but it's hard for me. It's hard. You know what's easy? Sleeping in. You know what's easy? What's easy is just lifting the weight that doesn't hurt. What's easy is doing the same exercises over and over again because you don't want to look stupid in the gym trying something new. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But what do we know about muscle? What do we know about fitness? If you're ever going to reach your goals, if you're ever going to be truly healthy, at some point you have to be challenged. Whether that's with weight or with endurance. This is me enduring you got to be challenged. Easy is the antithesis to the stronger journey. Another one is enough. That's another word. Enough. I've had enough success. I'm good, man. Enough. What does this look like in marriage? One of the, one of the things that I love, I love to see marriages healed at Keystone. It's one of the special ministries that we have here. The heartbreak on the other side of that is, and we've seen this, some of you, you'll come in here and God will save your marriage. And it's a miracle. And then somewhere along the journey, you stop. You stop. You pause. And you stop working on the marriage. You start looking at your family that you came from. You're like, well, we're way better than them. I mean, I'm already way playing with house money compared to what everybody thought our marriage would be. I mean, we're together, but you somewhere stopped. And it may take a little longer because the power of what God did in saving your marriage is so powerful, it'll hold on to you for a while. But understand this, there's a principle in life, new every morning. And in your marriage, if you stop dating your wife, if you stop getting to know her. Listen, I've been married 25 years and I feel like I am just scratching the surface of that amazing person that I have married. Yeah. <laughs> I just scratched this, I'm just scratching the surface. It'll be 25 years in March, but I went ahead of myself. See, I'm thinking of it. That's good, that's growth too. I didn't always do that. Anybody here know that you need to do better at communication? Anybody here know that you need to get better at conflict resolution? Anybody here know that you need to be better at, at planning fun for you and your spouse instead of settling into ruts? 
Look, this isn't just a marriage talk. I'm talking about parenting too. I know what it feels like to want to check out. I'm, I'm telling it straight like it is. I'm telling you. I know what it feels like when you're going through a tough season with a kid. I hope y'all aren't judging me right now. I'm standing here for you, all right? I know what it feels like to want to. I don't need this. Okay, y'all aren't there. I gotta help you. Y'all aren't there. I can feel the judgment. Here. Have you ever noticed how kids will sometimes talk to you in a way no one at work would ever talk to you. And if they did, they're gone, right? It is tough. It's tough. Parenting seasons can be hard. It can be rough. It can be challenging. It can grind on you. And sometimes it's not just, oh, that we had a bad day. No, we're having a bad month. We're having a bad year. I'm talking for somebody right now. And I want you to know, that God wants to give you the strength that you do not have right now to be fully engaged in the hard season. Don't check out because you've been hurt. Don't, yeah, come on, encourage somebody. <clears throat> Don't check out because you've been hurt. Don't check out because they are breaking your heart. I may not be talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. Don't check out because these children, these kids, these students, they have been given to your care. And let me, say, let me tell you something. You love them. You love them in a way you don't love anything else in the whole wide world. Don't allow a hard season to rob you of a future season of intimacy with that child. A future season of love. Come on, for them right there. Let's encourage that. A future season of love for that child. <clears throat> Let's not allow it, let's not allow it. Career, I remember in college, I, I, I would see a professor and he'd pull out his paper and it was yellow, not yellow legal pad, it was a piece of paper that once was white. But it was so old, it had gone yellow. They had been teaching the same thing for 25 years. Never with the thought that things had changed. Maybe add a little something, maybe do something new. Have you stopped learning? because you've had some success? Are you living off of something you conquered two years ago? Keep growing, keep learning. Because here's the thing, there may be another level for you in your career that you don't even know is there that even may be more satisfying to you than the, than the season that you're in right now. Because that's where God sees you. But you're not giving them something to work with because you're learning and you're growing and you're eager to, to learn more things and to try new things. But see, control leads you to just do the same things over and over again. It's risky to be humble and say, I may need to learn some things. It's risky, it's hard to learn something from the new kid that just walked in. You wanna teach them all the things that you know. But maybe you need to have an ear open for what they, for their passion that you forgot about. New ideas, crazy ideas. I've noticed people that just keep on going, they have a tendency <clears throat> to hang around people with new ideas. Hmm, that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> and they go into their work and they apply it. New lids just popped right off for somebody right there. Don't have the pride that says, I can't learn from you. See, this is the stronger mindset. 
This is the stronger mindset. It's against easy. It's against enough. It's not for those that are looking for the mediocre life. It's not for those who are looking for the average life. It's not for those that if you were one of the disciples with Jesus in the boat, people that are staying in the boat people. God is saying, I'm looking for some stronger people that are willing to step out of the boat and the waves will shake you. But I'm telling you, it is a blast journeying on the water with Jesus Christ. Are there some stronger people here today that say, I'm not done, my career's not done, my parenting's not done, I'm not done, I won't quit. I wanna introduce a, a biblical word for you, dominion. Dominion is in the book of Genesis. This illustrates this stronger journey. Dominion. Dominion is in Genesis, and it's when the Bible when God says to Adam and Eve, before they took a bite of the forbidden fruit, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So when we talk about stronger, we're talking theologically about your dominion. I wanna do a whole series on dominion. This has been cooking inside of my R&D lab for like years, to do a whole series on dominion. Because I believe that dominion is getting a bad name, but dominion is how things work. Now, the broken side of dominion, now that sin has come, is greed, materialism, um, lack of satisfaction, all of that. But when it's done right, it is a beautiful thing. Dominion built this house. Right here. Dominion built this house. Dominion will build a great life. God looked at humanity and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. And he imagined for them building cities and writing songs and doing great and mighty things but they stopped short because of sin. So in the book of Revelation, he says, well, I'll build what I had wired you to do. And he builds a city. And in the middle of the city, there's a river and there's trees growing by the river and those trees bear fruit that heals the land. That's the picture that we were supposed to build, the book of Revelation. Dominion, be fruitful and multiply. I'll give you a dominion request in 2 Kings chapter two, verse nine. Elijah and Elisha. I know it's confusing. I get mixed up with them too. Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was the old school brother. Elisha was the young protege. Elijah ja, was about to, so just call him Ja. Elijah was about to go to be with the Lord. His time was done. And Elisha knew that his mentor was about to go to be with the Lord. So Elisha said to Elijah, are you confused yet? Elisha the young said to Elijah the mentor, he said this in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. So what can I do for you? How can I help you before I'm gone from, from you? And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. That was a bold ask. Do you know what he just did? He said, if it's God's will, I would love to be not just strong like you, I would love the privilege of being stronger. Double portion. Elijah said, well, if God wants to give it to you, he will. God did. Elijah, in his life, did seven recorded miracles. Elisha, in his life, did 14 recorded miracles. Maybe for you, it's just having the courage to pray, God, increase my capacity for more. Just having the courage to ask God, is there a lid in my life that needs to be lifted? Have that stronger mentality. I'm not done yet. Why settle for bronze when I could have gold? Why settle for a silver marriage when I could have a gold marriage? Why settle for friends that are, that are slumming it over here in bronze when I could have a gold relationship? Come on. 
This is the journey for our church. This is the journey for our families. This is the journey for you, my friend, the stronger mindset. Here's some obstacles to the stronger mindset. We're good. Number one obstacle. We're good. You know what that is? Comfort. I'm comfortable. I'm good. And, and, and maybe even knowing that November the 13th, we're gonna have a big giving day, you've circled that as a day to miss. <laughs> oh, I had to be, you know. And I'm just being fun, but the truth is, does even talking about giving kind of jam you? Right? I'm excited to talk about it. Like, I love it. You wanna know why? Because I've seen God through 17 years unlock so many miracles through giving. I can't wait to talk about it again because I can't wait to see what God is about to do. Can I tell you about this building? I had, um, when we had our women's conference, which was amazing, we had our women's conference, one of the speakers, she said, and she's been everywhere. She said, so how many phases did it take for you to have a building like this? What she meant by that, if you've been in church, you, you may know this, but often you buy the land and then you build like kind of a, an auditorium that's not really the future auditorium, it's kind of the future kids space or youth building, but it's good for now and we grow in it. And then once we've grown in it, you build the big auditorium, it's phases. So you do phase one and then you expand to phase two and then phase three, that kind of thing. She said, how many phases did it take? Because she had already been to the furniture store, she had seen where we were. And you know what she was saying? There's no way you guys went from that to this. And she's been everywhere. There's no way you guys went from that, God bless it, to this. And the answer is one phase. Now it's one phase with a lot of a journey behind it. But God gave us the ability to build a mature campus in one time. And God did it. And I want, I want to say this before you clap. I want to say this, because you're going to clap. I want to say this, that it was not like, you know, Jeff Bezos or somebody that came in and like saved the day. We've had some very generous giving and we've had some significant gifts at Keystone. But I can stand before you and I know everybody that has given those kinds of gifts would agree with what I'm about to say, that there's no way you could do this without everybody participating together. It was impossible. It took everybody. And when everybody prayed and everybody gave for all those years leading up to this moment, and if that's you and you are now sitting in the room, but you remember you were in the kids ministry and there was this little glass box and you put a coin in that or a dollar in that little glass box or you had, like my kids, they had some kind of a sale, like a bake sale, and they took that money and they gave in. At Keystone Church, we believe if you gave sacrificially with heart and passion in a little box as a kid, now sitting in here as a student, there's, there's just as much value in that heart as the heart that would sit down and say, Pastor, with a tear coming down my cheek, here, I'm gonna stroke a very big check. It's the same heart, it's the same passion, and we celebrate it all, and when everybody does it, this is what happens. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Somewhere in this journey, I'll tell you how God celebrated Zacchaeus, who gave a ton of money, and he also celebrated the widow who gave the might. Same heart. Same celebration. See, it wasn't, we're good. Here's another one. 
well, nothing's on fire, so. How many of you, you refuse to go to the next level because you're waiting on the next crisis to get you there? Like, you're like that old dog on the porch. You're just laying there until there's something wrong, then, boy, that dog will get up and go, right? But understand, that's no way to live in your marriage. Waiting till she's actually packed the bags for you to start working on your marriage. Work on your marriage the first time. She says, you know, I think we may need some counseling. Don't ignore that. Don't ignore that. See what I'm saying? Don't wait on the crisis. Sometimes we sacrifice not for crisis. Sometimes we sacrifice for opportunity. For things that could be. Like, am I getting in the way of what could be? That's the journey that we're in right now. It's not everything's on fire. Um, you know, we gotta fill, finish the building. No, we're here, right? This isn't a journey of, of nothing's on fire or something's on fire. This is a journey of opportunity for us. Look what God could do. And then finally, this is the enemy, too stronger. I already did. One foot firmly anchored in the past, I already did. You know, don't live on yesterday's manna. That's a phrase I've said through the years. Don't live on yesterday's provision. Don't live on yesterday's miracle. Live on today's. Ask God, what do you want me to do to make the dreams that you put in front of me come true? Wow. So that's the stronger mindset, and already I believe in faith that somebody, your, your life has changed right now. Like something has shifted inside of your soul. But I wanna talk about our church. As that shifts inside your soul, something should shift inside the church. We're on a stronger journey. And this is no less than a financial journey, but it is so much more. But I do wanna be clear and help you understand the financial journey that we've been on. Two years ago, we were looking forward to a building that was under construction that needed to be finished. And we said, well, for us to get in the building, do we want it to be mature? Do we want it to be finished out? There's some spaces that we know we need day one. It'll really help us minister. If we're able to give significantly, then we could finish those spaces in faith. And when we move in, it'll all be there. And here's some of those spaces, like the preschool play area. I love our preschool play area. I love that place. It was gonna be like grass yard. It was gonna be, and that's fine, just a little play area, whatever. You know, get some bouncy houses out there, that's great, but God gave us a vision for more. God gave us a vision for, for the grass that, that's for all seasons and for these wonderful play areas and these hills like Clyde Warren Park. That's the vision God gave us. And through the Stronger Journey, we are able to add this into our preschool ministry, helping the littlest of us to know, taste and see that God is good. God is a blast. Um, a preschool play area, we were able to add because of the Stronger Journey. We were able to add the Life Lab because of the Stronger Journey. The Life Lab is where we do our Keystone Unlock. We have one in November. You'll wanna be a part of that if you're new to Keystone. We have our Keystone Unlock class. It is a killer space where we can do classes, we can do equip trainings. We have just begun to use that space the way that God has given us a vision for. Just Thursday night, we had the Keller High School varsity football team up here, and we fed them dinner we, did, we gave them their football meal, and we had Alan West, if you may, may or may not know who that is, but he began to talk to them about leadership and invest in those kids, and that was there because we had the space for it. They reached out, we had the space, yes, you can have it here, so Thursday nights, they're at the Life Lab, and we're pouring into these students, some of whom go to our church, many of whom do not go to our church. That excites me, that excites me. I love our Life Lab. 
Our Life Lab also allows us as we grow, if we have a crazy explosive growth day in our kids area, we could use it as an overflow class uh, theater for our uh, first through sixth grade. If we need the space, we've got the space because one of the things we did not finish that's still waiting to be finished is our uh, third theater right there in the Rev Room for our first through sixth grade. We still have a theater that we have not finished um, but we knew we didn't need it day one. We do believe with the growth that God is giving, we will need it. But this is what we did. We did the Life Lab. We did, uh, we did our preschool play area. We did the Splash Pad. Did you know the Splash Pad? We weren't for sure that we could do it. But we said with the Stronger Journey, we could add the Splash Pad. I love this picture. It's just like so, aw. But that's why we got the Splash Pad, the joy in the face of the kids. I love it when we hose them down with foam. I love that. I love them playing in the foam. We just add that family environment, that kid environment for that splash pad and it just takes it to another level, I love it. It's just so powerful. Again, because why does Disney have to have the CEO or have to have the, the, the help me, the copyright, thank you. Why does, <laughs> did you see me call for it? <laughs> why does Disney have to have the copyright on creativity and fun and joy? What if the church could teach kids that God is a blast, right? This is what we saw. The lake out front was not a given. We were like, man, that lake is costing us some money, but it's a great thing. We knew we needed it because it helps irrigate our property and not have to use city water to irrigate our property. We dug a well, we were able to do that all because of the stronger journey, all that. Isn't that exciting? Not only that, on the Stronger Journey, we said, we know in our grand opening season, we're gonna need to be loud and let everybody know that we're here. We did. We have people that have joined us and they said, hey, I saw you on Good Morning Texas. That's all part of the Stronger Journey. The Stronger Journey was uh, conferences. We just had our women's conference. Before that, we had our XO Marriage Conference. The women's conference could not happen as it happened, with the excellence that it happened with, with the budget that it happened with, without the Stronger Journey. It was new for us. The registration cost didn't cover it. But with the Stronger Journey, we were able to do something for our women. And I'm here to tell you, God broke out at that women's conference in a way that was powerful. It was extraordinary. It was like, it, it was like a movement of God that was so powerful. See, God is up to something. God is doing something. And he's doing it through the Stronger Journey. Not only that, but we said, as we give, if we give, great. If we give stronger, we could start to have pastors and hire pastors and team members quicker than we otherwise would. Because we have a matrix on how we hire. And when you're growing as fast as we are, sometimes you need to hire quicker than your matrix would say. And so Stronger allowed us to make bold moves and hire pastors. And some of you have even, you've come to me saying thank you for hiring this person or doing this or doing that. That's all about that. And then the rising costs associated with new campus. All of these things, I could go on and on and on. You're stronger giving. So where are we right now? We have done awesome. Awesome. The giving has been incredible. So give yourself a hand for the celebration of how well you have followed through on what you committed to do. Um, it, it's, it's incredible what God has done through your giving. And we've been able to keep on going and keep on going. Um, so are we done? So since we've done so well, it's just your announcement saying, so don't give any more, because we're good. That's not this house. That's not the way we roll, you know why? Because I'm sitting here saying, God, you've, you've given us success in this journey, but what if we're not done? 
What if there's more? I'll give you some ideas of what is more. First of all, still continuing to hire as we continue to grow. The growth has not yet caught up with the, with the giving. I mean, the giving has not yet caught up with the growth. There's a bit of a gap there. When you grow, the giving lags behind. And that makes sense as you're winning people to Jesus. They're learning how to give, and the giving lags behind. So some of you, that's a new journey for you, and we'd encourage you to just jump in. But the giving lags behind. Stronger helps us bridge that gap between the giving and the growth. That's exciting. So we need to continue to do that, because guess what? We're continuing to grow. Another thing. Um, things like that we've gotten into the building, and we said, you know what, we didn't envision this, but we think we need to do this. One of those things is acoustical treatment in our rev room for our kids. Um, if you work in kids, you know, man, it's a little bouncy in there. It's a little wild as far as the acoustics go. It gets a little loud is what I'm really trying to say. And we wanna help our servant leaders with creating a better sound environment in there. So we wanna do that. And then in some of the other lobbies as well, just helping with community by helping it, it's a little bouncy. We got lots of concrete and it's awesome. It's beautiful, it's beautiful, but it gets a little loud. So we're gonna help, we're gonna tweak that a little bit. That's part of the stronger journey, the acoustics. Um, part of the stronger journey is also this. I've mentioned you know, pastors, I've mentioned catching up with growth, I've, all those things, but here's the deal. The stronger journey is also this. I love this. God, what's next? What if God is getting, giving us a head start on what's next? What if God wants to move up the timeline? You say, okay, well, Brandon, what's next? Well, I'm not ready to share that today. But know this, that I, I am and your leadership team is in deep prayer about what is God calling us strategically to do next. And I believe God is preparing us for this. Um, what could next be? Next continues to, to mean shorten that gap between giving and growth, for sure, hiring more pastors. But I believe God is, is gonna put us in a position where we say, wow, I never saw this. Look at the resource, God, that you have raised. Now we can do that to reach people for Christ. Now we can do that to reach people for Christ. I know that God's put it on my heart in 2023 to do something special for men. I'm gonna go ahead and lay that out. What is it? I'm not, I'm not ready to share. But I do know this, God is calling us as a church to do something for the men of this house that reaches beyond this house and teaches men to read their Bible, that teaches men to pray like they've never prayed before, that teaches men to lead in their homes and stand strong. Anybody, does that resonate with anybody? God's doing this and I know he wants to do something special. And I don't know exactly what form it'll take, but it'll be something special for the men that'll be big, big. If it's stronger, it's big. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. The Bible said, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what do I do, Brandon? That's stronger. Elijah is stronger. Elisha and Elijah. Dominion is stronger. Those pilgrims went stronger, strength to strength. What do I do? What do I do? Well, first I wanna invite you to something tonight. Tonight, I wanna to invite you 
to a rally that's happening here. And we're going to sing and we're gonna pray. And Susan and I will share just a little bit, but most of our time we'll be singing and praying. We'll have a little bit of family talk, but it's, we're gonna call down heaven upon this place. And like we sang a moment ago, we're gonna call for God to allow us to be a place where revival breaks out. Revival among people. And to do that, I'm calling all Keystone into this house tonight at five o'clock. We're gonna sing, we're gonna pray, we're gonna lean in, and then we're gonna linger. We've got food, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna party in the plaza, just gonna have some fun as a family. Get to know some people if you're new. We're just gonna be a spiritual family. So be there tonight. That's the first thing you could do, is just come tonight. But then I wanna, I wanna challenge you to pray this big prayer. God, what would you ask me to do? In the stronger journey. For the stronger mentality, you pray, God, increase my capacity for more. For the stronger journey, you would pray, God, what would you ask me to do? Because that's the journey. We say you pray, and then on November the 13th, we all give. No twisted arms, only pouring out of our hearts. We're all gonna do it together. My prayer is that God would answer your prayer quickly. Here's what I want you to do on that day, all of us together. And then God would give you the courage to do what he's told you to do. We're always in a journey of giving that's worthy of your sacrifice. We're in that moment right now. And it's for the opportunity that God has given us. So all pray. On November the 13th, all give. And when you look back on it, we will say, we all sacrificed. We're sitting in the miracle of those three things. What is the miracle God has for us next that could unlock your child's life, that could unlock your grandkids' life, that could unlock your new best friend that hasn't gotten here yet? All pray, all give, all sacrifice. Circle it on the calendar, November 13th. I've got a head start on you. I've already started praying. Let's do it together. Can we pray together? Father, I pray that as you move in our heart, Father, I pray that first we adopt a stronger mentality for our lives, which embraces a stronger journey in our church. Father, I pray for everyone, if they're physically able, to be in the house tonight as we join together and we, we come to you. We're setting apart that time to lean in and to call out to you. I pray for people to show up who wanna pray for their marriage. I pray for people to show up who wanna pray for their purpose. I pray for people to show up that wanna pray for their kids. I pray when we leave this place tonight, we'll know that you fell and that I really did need to be here. Father, I pray for November the 13th that you would do something financially that we didn't see coming. That that giving would unlock like jet fuel for life change. That we'd look up and we'd say this was truly a defining moment in the story of Keystone. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious, holy and powerful name we pray.